What's up, everybody? Hey guys, my, how are you guys doing? I've been obsessed with TikTok, and my voice kind oh. of just sounded like that one that make what I don't even know the like big face one where your voice is kind of like oh. oh, oh, oh. Wait, you have uh, a TikTok? A I don't like make. I don't make videos. I don't yeah. think I ever will, but I've been watching them nonstop, and it's giving me so much joy. I never thought I'd see the day. But honestly, it's like Vine all over again. It's true. Send me some good ones. I'll I'll send you guys some good ones. I've been having okay. I've been having a few laughs a day, more than I, a few. I think I need to join because I was into Vine back in the day, and I used to record my own vines. You know, it's yeah. not like I have a following yeah. or anything, yeah. but I I thought it was hilarious. Oh, absolutely! It was it was great fun. Great fun. You know. Great. A good creative outlet for the people during this time and whenever. Oh, my God. That's true. true. Okay. Maybe I should download. I would. I mean, just check it out. Everyone out there, just check it out and see, you know, <laughs> if it speaks to you. For the longest time, I was like, what the fuck is TikTok? And then. Because we're old. You know. Yeah. We're, get, we're getting there. And every <laughs> now and then, I'd see one shared on Instagram or Facebook or something. And I'm like, this shit is funny. This This is funny. And then. There's more. There's more to be seen. More There's more. Seen. It doesn't stop. It okay. does not stop. I'm getting on. Look at us. Then I'll tell on you guys my username. Can you follow people on TikTok? Yes, you can. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, Holly, we're going to make some videos. Hell yes. I can't wait to watch those. Kylie, do All of our you- listeners are like... Everyone's like, we've had TikTok for like two years. They're like, Kylie, do you have any updates on the haunted home? No, no updates. I didn't um I didn't really divulge or really try using the app or anything, but this week. She's she's got time. She's we'll got see. time. Loads of time. Loads. Yeah. I have to just give a quick shout out to our friends at the Pearl Candle Company oh, because yes. oh, this love pumpkin them. spice candle is everything. It's everything. So I I think pumpkin spice is like a such it's such a comforting smell. But a lot of times when you find these candles, they're like kind of sugary and like sweet smelling. And this one just yeah. like warm and inviting. And I'm like, this is it. Can I tell you guys something? Tell us something. Yeah. I do not like any gourmand type scents for candles. And I also don't like the flavor of pumpkin spice. I don't mind the scent, but the flavor, I can't do it. But when I heard that our good friends were coming out with the scent, I was like, you know what? It's going to be good. Everything that they've made so far is amazing. And what do you know? It's amazing. It is. It's not too sweet. Just so like good. I was just saying, it's like very comforting and like warming and it's not too overpowering and it just smells like, I don't know, fresh somehow. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's like it's lovely. A lot of times I feel like they're like, van- there's like a vanilla undertone to a lot of pumpkin candles. And I'm like, I mean, maybe, maybe there is some vanilla in this Telus Pearl, but like, I, I just get warmth and like mm, mm-hmm. cozy i tell you what cozy yeah. the juju is good it is honey it is. so yeah. this is not an ad this is just a legitimate shout out and legit we love a, them <laughs> a testament to how much we we love those candles are so we good. adore them so get good. yours now mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All All right. Right. what else what else is going on in the hood honestly just living my life. Oh my gosh. So the other day my sister texts me and she was like, Hey, can animals become ghosts? And I was like, duh, miss me with this dumbass question. Okay. Everything <laughs> can become a ghost. <laughs> Tell her straight, dude. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. So she FaceTimes me and she was like, well, listen to this. So one of our cats are like 19 or 20 year old cat passed away a few months ago. Mm-hmm. And I guess my sisters were home the other day, just the two of them. 
And one of our cats does not speak. He's like silent. He was like a year or two old before I ever heard him even meow. So bizarre. He's just like not a talker. But I guess he was with them and they heard a meow coming from the other room where there are no other cats. And he was not the one speaking. And they were like, it sounded just like Paws, who's the one who passed away recently. So, Paws back in the house. She back. I love it. Very sweet. Yeah, she's back. I love that so much for you guys. We love it. And we're the Golden Ghouls. Alyssa. Kylie. Emily. And I think it's time to get spooky. Wow. Are you guys ready for for another fun and fancy ep? Always. Always. I'm ready to rock. So much so, I think I'm gonna Let's I'm gonna take it away with these spooky national parks. Cool, cool. Who loves it? Me. Y'all, these national parks are making me want to take a vacay someday. Oh, I'm dying to one hey, day, but one listen, day. you can go camping. Yeah, I just, you know, I I'm I'm afraid to leave my house, honestly. Yeah, got it's you. It's the truth. It's you just know. the truth. All right, I'm going to kick it off with a big one, and this is Yellowstone. Have either of you been to Yellowstone? I have. Not yet. (gasps) You have? Yeah. Is she gorgeous? Gorge. I tell you what, and one time there's this hotel there, um, and, you know, it used to have communal bathrooms, and the Linda Alstons, dude, she used to bathe in them. How disgusting is that? That's why she looks so young. Oh my god, it could I be. I can't. I can't. Yeah, that I don't under like bathhouses and things like that. I never. No, no, under, no, 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 no. I never also, understand. Aren't there like um, in Yellowstone? There's those. What do they call them? Like geysers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, well, my mom. When my mom was there when she was a kid, uh, they were waiting for the geyser to like erupt and. A little boy fell in. No. Died. No. Yeah, she Holy saw it. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. Insane. So That's definitely that place is haunted. Okay, for sure. So Yellowstone National Park, it's located in the western United States with parts in Wyoming, Montana, and Idaho. I didn't realize it spanned three different states. She, I knew she was big, but that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. So it was established by the U.S. Congress and signed into law by President Ulysses S. Grant on March 1st of 1872. So it's been an established park for a minute. It was actually the first national park in the U.S. and is also widely held to be the first national park in the whole world. (gasps) Dang. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Famous. So, although Native Americans have lived in the Yellowstone region for at least 11,000 years, 11,000, aside from visits by mountain men during the early to mid-19th century, organized exploration didn't begin until the late 1860s, which is crazy because it's like, it's huge, it's beautiful, but people were just like, not now. Mm -hmm. Not now. Since then, though, hundreds of structures have been built and are protected for their architectural and historical significance, and researchers have examined more than a 1,000 archaeological sites. So it's endless. There's so much. Now for the spooky stuff. So first off, it's obviously famous for attracting avid nature lovers. It's got spectacular, spectacular views. Why is that word hard? And it's many natural wonders like the geysers that Emily mentioned. But camping outdoors there brings along the possibility of encountering a ghost. Hmm. So around the hot springs, which Emily mentioned, you may observe the spirits of people who had been killed on the land. 
So near the lower yeah. falls, people have heard the chanting of Native Americans who drowned there in 1870. Then there are the ghosts of eight people who have been killed by bears since 1872. People have seen like mauled apparitions, which what? is so they're like all spooky. scraped up, all messed up from, from the bear attacks. Oh man. Yep. Mm. Visitors and staff say that camping among the spirits is not for the faint of heart. You will almost definitely see something while you're out there. I would give it a go, though, personally. Now for this one, the Old Faithful Inn. So it's been a fixture of Yellowstone since 1903, and it's located less than a mile from Old Faithful Geyser, which is why it's got the namesake Old Faithful Inn. That's the one so Linda stayed in. That is? Yeah, cool. and she bathed in. We got to ask her <laughs> if she got spooked. It's a tight place, though. Everybody should go. It looks so cool. Yeah. The photos I saw, I was like, whoo. Mm-hmm. So it's got 327 hotel rooms, and it's home to a headless bride who refuses <gasps> to leave. <sighs> All right, here's her story. It's 1915. The inn was a wonder of the West. People were coming from all over the place, especially to see Old Faithful. So there's this young couple from New York, and they choose the Old Faithful Inn as the site of their honeymoon. So as the legend goes, they set off from New York City with a large dowry from, obviously, the father of the bride, And her new husband quickly starts to spend it at bars and gambling from the Hudson River to the Colorado. So he's just spending that money like it's really his. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, he got it for marrying the daughter, but. Oh, okay. The dowry. Oh, yeah. Well, that was bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's wild as hell. So by the time they reach Wyoming, they're broke AF. He has spent all the money. So this financial disaster that he's put them in results in violent arguments abound, endless. So they're staying inside of room 127. And one night he they get in a fight. He storms out. The staff is shocked that someone would act like this in public. He leaves the wife there alone. So the hotel staff notices that they haven't seen her for a few days. So they're like, wait, what's going on? How has no one seen her leave the room? How is she okay in there? Like, what's going on? So a housekeeper goes, knocks on the door, no answer. So she's like, maybe she snuck out too. Like, what's up? Goes inside and finds the bloody body of the bride lying headless in the bathtub. Her head was later located because it was stanking up the hotel's crow's nest. Uh, What? He put it up there? Yes. Yes. How? He took out, he cut it and he just pranced on top, onto the upper deck. Yes. I'm going to post her right here. Like Game mm-hmm. of Thrones style. For yep. all to, to True. smell. True. Stank. That stanky head, yeah. as they call it. <laughs> all right. So fast forward. It's 1991. And the then assistant manager, George Borneman, gives an interview to the Deseret News. And he says that one night while he was closing in winter... Um, it was him and another staff member, and they heard running in the hallway, and he went out of his room a couple of times to investigate, and he didn't find anybody there. So he's like, what's going on? That's when he saw the ghost of the bride on the stairs, and the only <gasps> person who told of this experience at first was his coworker. So later, after he moved home to Montana... George again confided with his coworker, saying that he had done the research on the inn and found out about the murder that happened in 1915 in room 127. And 
that a woman had been murdered there, this, that, and the other. Like, he had the facts to back it up, he was telling his coworker. So in this same interview, George admits that he made the whole thing up. What? what? No. He thought this story would bring, like, mystery and intrigue to the inn and get people to want to come there. But the part about hearing running and noise in the hall when no one was out there, he said that was what was true, and it gave him the idea for the story. But even 105 years after this so-called murder took place, people do say that they see this ghostly bride apparently wandering the stairs towards the crow's nest, searching for her head. Sometimes she's seen with the head under her arm. So you have to ask, like, (laughs) is this a product of active imaginations for the guests? Or, like, have stories actually manifested a spirit who likes to play tricks and is, like, passing themselves off as this ghostly bride? We may never know. But it's it's an interesting story. There's also activity in room two. So a while back, this woman, she wakes up in the middle of the night. She's absolutely terrified. She's shaking and sweating and just like something's not right. She's clutching at her husband, trying to wake him up. And she asks if he sees the woman in 1890s attire floating at the foot of their bed. And he's like half asleep, so he has no idea what's going on. The next morning, he told the activities agent of the hotel that this had happened, like had anything like this ever happened before. And the agent confirmed like they've they've heard stories like this before. But he showed the the agent the scratch marks from his wife trying to wake him up. And she was like legitimately terrified. She had been clawing at him like in fear, trying to wake him up. Ooh, dang. You got to be spooked. Yeah. There's also a tale of a housekeeping employee who watched a fire extinguisher hanging on the wall in the 300 wing of the building execute a 90 degree turn and then drop back to its original position. What? Excuse me? What? <laughs> like, how would that it's even like, It thought it saw a fire. It was like, oh, 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 oh never mind. <laughs> Now's my chance. Now's my time. (laughs) Now is the time to shine. There is further speculation, though, about who could be haunting the park, the grounds, and the hotels around. So there was a young woman named Maddie Culver who died during childbirth on March 2nd of 1889 at what is now gone, but it was called the Firehole Hotel. And it was actually located several miles north of the Old Faithful Inn. They say that she stalks the geyser basin, heartbroken, looking for her child, which is so sad. When she died, the grounds were actually too frozen to bury her. So they placed her into two pickle barrels and buried her in a snowdrift until they could dig a grave, which is like woof. But not far from her grave, there's actually dead maiden spring, which they named after her. And according Dead Maiden Spring. Dead Maiden Spring. Dang. So according to a park historian, the grave was later fenced in and maintained by the wife of a park concessioner, and Maddie's 18-month-old daughter was sent to live with relatives. So the baby is was somewhere out there. Hmm. It's just Maddie never found the baby. There's also stories of apparitions of L.R. Piper, who was a cashier from Ohio, who died on July 30th of 1890. So they stepped out of the Fountain Hotel to enjoy an after-dinner cigar, as was the thing of the time, and they vanished. Simply vanished. (laughs) A little puff puff. And then... Gone. Puff puff poof. Wow. As they say. As they say. So, puff, puff, pass. <laughs> uh, puff, puff, so U.S. Poof. Army troops stationed at Yellowstone actually searched for Piper for a month, and his brother-in-law spent the month of September that year looking for him. At one point, the brother-in-law actually like slept under the stars, hoping that the coyote howls might lead him to where the remains were. 
They think no such luck. They think that what happened to him was that he probably fell into one of the hot springs and disintegrated, and they couldn't be recovered. Um, most likely, yes. Most likely, yeah. And then Those there's one more. St- yeah, they are hot, and they said that like the bones could have gained so much, like from the the springs, like. Am I making sense? Like yeah. they could have picked up silt and stuff from the springs to the point where they wouldn't even like look like bones anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Then there's this one more Charles Phillips who's doing some haunting. So he was a ranger stationed at old faithful during the winter of 1926 to 27. He died after eating water hemlock that he mistook for a parsnip. So classic, according to this book, Death in Yellowstone, which check it out if you're interested (laughs) in that sort of thing. His body was found on the floor of the ranger station. They thought that he had come out of the bedroom into the kitchen, fell forward by mistake, struck his head above his left eye on the table based on like the way that the dirt was on his hands. It indicated that he had crawled around the floor for a while Probably like trying to. Oh my god! Orient himself. Oh no! Yeah, and he was vomiting and frothing at the mouth, which are characteristics of hemlock poisoning. So he probably Mm -hmm. was poisoned, felt ill, fell, conked himself, done. Oh, jeez! What a way! Yeah. So it's spooky all around, y'all. There are ghosts galore. You know, there have to be more people dying in geysers. It's it's crazy. Happens every day. <laughs> That's so, what they say. You guys say it as geysers, but growing up, we said it as geezers. Geezers, like a geezer, like an old geezer. Yeah, a geezer. Wow. wow. Yeah. The more you know. Do you guys want to, uh, I know. Do you want to go over to the Pacific Northwest? I do, Always. in fact, mm-hmm. actually. I've been wanting yeah, to. Yeah. Perfect. Let's go. So, Olympic National Park. Um, Have you heard of him? Yeah. He's glorious. I've heard he's of glorious. him. He's glorious. Um, he told me his pronoun, by the way. <laughs> um, it's part of Washington's Olympic Peninsula. So, while it's mostly known for its gorgeous scenery and diverse climates and whatnot, um, many visitors have experienced some paranormal activity in different parts of the park. So going back to the beginning, the native Klom and Quileute people say that the park was once uh, beautiful and full of life until a war commenced between two tribes. Mount Storm King, which is a huge mountain, uh, basically towering over Crescent Lake on the southern side, this mountain was pretty pissed off that the tribes were fighting. The mountain. So the mountain, yeah, the mountain being, you know, strong yeah. and such, threw a boulder into the river valley below where the tribes were fighting. And this killed every tribe's person and cursed the lake forever. So the rock is also said to be responsible for the crescent shape of Lake Crescent. Crescent Lake. So that's a little uh, little background backdrop for you. So Spruce Railroad Trail is thought of as the hip happening place to spot ghosts or experience the paranormal. Uh, the railroad trail is a rail trail, part of the 134 mile long Olympic Discovery Trail. Take a shot every time I say trail or rail. <laughs> okay. I'm not saying either again, so you gotta back you gotta backtrack and take some shots. <laughs> so the water is super clear um, because there's not really any inflow of water, so there's not enough um, to get scientific, like nitrogen and phosphorus to keep plants and algae alive. So the water is very clear. Um, as beautiful as Lake Crescent is, it is thought to be the final resting spot of lost hikers. Womp. So going back in time, 
1937, Hallie Latham Illingworth was strangled and thus murdered by her husband, and her body was found decomposed in Crescent Lake. So, something horrifying for everyone. Um, After her murder, and because she was in the water for quite some time, she or her body underwent saponification. So, have you guys heard of corpse wax? Oh, no. Or soap mummy? Ew, no. (laughs) No. (laughs) Tell us more. Grab a snack. Oh, God. So... Basically, when a body begins to decompose, uh, the fat can turn into, the fat in the tissue can turn into, like, a soapy or waxy-like substance if it's exposed to the right environment. That's why people, like, creepy people make soap from dead bodies. Like Fight Club, where they were stealing fat from the lipo clinic. Yes. It's delicious, honestly. Um... Yeah, a lot of soap, especially in the old the olden days, is made from fat. But this is this is just a coincidence because um, the fat looks like it is soapy and waxy um, as it decomposes. So if it's in the right environment, so in this case, the body fat was exposed to water, um, and it was it's apparently like an alkaline environment with bacteria. So. That's setting the stage for this process. Um, The wax, it's soft and greasy looking when forming, and then it hardens. So this basically halts the delay, or I'm sorry, it halts the decay of the body because it's, you know, covering it completely, and then it just hardens it, which is gross. Um, So hence a soap mummy or corpse wax, because that's what the body looks like. Um, It wasn't until 1940, so three years later, that two trout fishermen reeled in her body. Oh, Can you imagine? Yeah. Somebody found her. So news broke. Yes, we found her. Um, News broke that the corpse was, you know, looking like a dang mummy, which scared the living granola out of everyone in the state of Washington. So this, this is just another reason why people thought that the lake was cursed. Visitors have reported sighting this lady of the lake wandering the eight-mile trail searching for help. Poor thing. According to Backpacker.com, in 1956, an ambulance drove off US-101 into Lake Crescent, killing a person. In 2002, a 1927 Chevy, so real old, was discovered at the bottom of Lake Crescent. Uh, This basically closed a missing persons case of a couple that went missing in 1929. Oh, wow. So old AF. They were basically, like, entombed in Lake Crescent's in the water for, like, 73 years. Damn. So that's delicious as well. Um, In 2013, convicted serial killer Israel Keyes, 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 uh, was interviewed by the FBI and basically hinted that he, or yeah, he definitely hinted <laughs> that he used the lake to dump his victims' corpses. Uh, and he said, You guys know about Lake Crescent in Washington, right? So cool. He may have been, you know, throwing them a bone or just trying to waste their time, but either way, let's go swimming. Much to think about. Yeah. <laughs> So I've here's here's another wild one that uh, starts in the past and comes comes up to the now. Uh, the Elwa River. So the park is known for uh, this river as well as Crescent Lake. Um, it's the largest body of water, or rather, like a watershed. It's a river, and it's in the central northern area of the park. Um, it's beautiful. It is one of, it's actually one of the largest ecosystem restoration projects in National Park Service history, according to the National Park Service website. So we're gonna have to check that out. Uh, the very first big project to the Elwa River, Elwa River was the construction of two dams in the early 1900s. 
And up until then, uh, the river was known for its abundance of salmon. Delish. However, it seems that salmon isn't the only thing in abundance on and in the river. <laughs> there has been so much paranormal activity that there is an actual spot called Goblin's Gate. So the naming of this area isn't exactly paranormal, but I'll give you some insight. So an explorer named Charles Barnes was traveling along the river and down into Rika Cannon, Rika Cannon, Rika Cannon, and came upon a narrow opening uh, that had a very powerful current. So it almost looked like it was um, being enclosed by the rocks, but the current was very strong. The rocks above looked like gosh damn faces to him. So he flipped out and he was like, yo, this place, Goblin's Gate. He, Mr. Barnes wrote in his journal, I will redo this, this excerpt. He said that the rock had tortured expressions in a gloomy and mysterious character and that the whole stretch resembled the throat of a monster. So it does get creepy. It gets a little spooky. A bridge has been twice attempted and twice failed. The first bridge washed away with no explanation, like the foundation was set, everything was good to go, just washed away. Uh, the second one seemed to quickly and rapidly rot and just fall apart. So, I don't know. Maybe there's something over there that doesn't want people passing passing by. Um, Washington's National Park Fund website details another spooky story about a sir named Boston Charlie. Hit me. And he is the, or he was the last medicine man of the Klom tribe. Um, I have to wonder if Boston Charlie was his actual name. <laughs> but he set up camp in the lower Elwha River area in the 1800s, 1880s, and relied on the Olympic hot springs for spiritual cleansing. Um, I'm sure he got all of his food nearby, you know, the fish, berries, whatnot. Um, he spent most of his later years here and apparently lived to be 100. So that's some good salmon. Uh, the website details one time he had fallen and hurt himself and he couldn't get back up and thought he was going to die in the middle of the woods. At dusk, a huge being came up with berries wrapped in a big maple leaf and fed him. So he ate these berries, got the strength um, to, you know, get out of there. But he never went back into that part of the, the woods again. I have a first account story if you guys are interested. You guys down? I'm down. Okay. So Zuzu of the Wolves 1 shared their first-person experience working at the park. <clears throat> I'm doing seasonal work out in Olympic National Park this summer and live in employee housing on the same property as my job. Throughout the summer, I have heard things like a giggle coming from my empty room and a sliding door closing <laughs> on its own. <laughs> it's Emily. <laughs> One... <laughs> I do not One like night. ghostly giggles. I'll put that out there no. now. No. They're not funny. It's not a good time. Mm -mm. One night about a month ago, something wild happened. The building I live in is backed up against an impenetrable coastal rainforest. And some friends and I were sitting in one of the apartment units chatting when we all noticed screaming coming from the woods. Initially, we thought it was a cougar but it kept going and was decidedly human sounding. Sometimes it seemed more like sobbing and other moments it was frantically yelling. It went on for about five intense minutes then stopped. Now the truly chilling part, about 30 seconds after the yelling stopped, what sounded like a disembodied woman's voice coming through a radio started muttering right next to where we were sitting. So just like in this apartment unit. We couldn't make out what she was saying, and it only lasted a few seconds. It was in the room with us, but we couldn't see anything. One of my friends opened the door to make sure there was nobody outside, and we were completely alone. 
It should also be noted that everyone who lives in the building were all in the same room, so all of the other units were empty. All of us who live here have puzzled over any logical explanation for what, have, what could have happened, and we just can't seem to find one. So this user also says that there is a supposed haunted booth at the restaurant in the lodge. Um, I did some, some research, some Googling, and couldn't find the name of the exact restaurant or lodge. There are two, there are many lodges that have many restaurants, but if it's the main lodge, then it's one of two restaurants. Um, table 208. So apparently this table seems to cause males to consistently act agitated when they sit there. A coworker who has worked for a long time told me that one slow day, she came out from the kitchen and saw a man sitting in the booth. This seems strange because there's a host at the restaurant and she wasn't notified that she had a new table. She turned around to get something for another table and when she looked back over at the booth, there was nobody there and also no sign that anyone had been sitting there. None of the place settings were disrupted, no water on the table from the host, etc. The host later confirmed that he never sat anyone there. During the winter, the ocean gets stormy and rolls giant dead logs up onto the beach. That makes me think of the, the log lady from Twin Peaks. <laughs> it's her favorite beach. A few kids over the years have been struck and killed, and some of the people who have worked here for a long time have reported seeing a girl darting around the restaurant when it's closed, and they're cleaning up for the night. Sometimes teacups and glasses seem to pop off the shelves and break out of nowhere. I've seen this happen a couple of times myself. So, I mean, if you don't want to go for the beautiful scenery and the experience, at least go for the chance of seeing a ghost or experiencing something paranormal. The Pacific Northwest does not play games, okay? No. It's spooky. It it's like a playground for serial killers. And mm -hmm. I'm sure that there are so many bodies in that lake. Sure. Yeah. Oof. Damn. All right. Well, let's. Stop. Let's finish up our national parks with a grand one, Yosemite. <laughs> whoop, whoop. Yeah. Y'all been to Yosemite, right? I, I have actually not. don't think I have. Okay. Have I? Nest it, well, it's nestled in California. Beautiful. On October 1st, 1890, Congress established it as a national park. And 127 years later, you guys, 3.7 million. Is that the exact number? No, I don't think so. I think that's wrong. But 3.7 million visitors each year come to the park. So it's pretty grand. It's also pretty spooky. Being so old, you know, we can only assume so many people have walked have walked this land, right? And seen some shit. So I'm about to tell you. One of the most persistent Eek. locations, y'all, for like legends and like mysterious occurrences is, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, I'm probably not, Tanea Canyon. Tanea? Yeah. It runs from Tanea Lake all the way to this place called Clouds Rest, which, which is situated right next to the iconic and spectacular Half Dome. So, you know, if you know, if you know your Yosemite, you know what I'm talking about. But it's um, the, count, the canyon, Tanea Canyon, is shrouded in myth <clears throat> and strangeness, y'all. There's so many humans that have either died or disappeared in the area. And it's got a rather dark and violent past. Mm -hmm. So, when back in the day, you know, when the white settlers were taking over the lands, you know, we didn't like this. As they, were they are wont to do. You know, that's what they like. <laughs> well, the Awani tribe, these peaceful people, were on Tanea Canyon. 
And in the 1850s, when the white settlers decided they were that like that was their land, now they were like, we need Classic. to relocate these Awani people. Which, like, bitch, get out of here. Anyways, the chief of the Awanis was was Chief Tanea, so like of Tanea Canyon, right? And he he wasn't about this whole relocation situation. He was like, my people have been here for a long time. We settled down. What are you telling me? You know? So he wasn't going to go out without a fight. So that they did, they fought, y'all. They fought hard. And I'm sad to say Chief Tanea's son was murdered in battle. Yeah. No. No. Right. No. Right. We have a direct quote here. Are you ready for this? When the chief found this out during the the battle, he says, "Kill me, Sir Captain. Yes, kill me as you killed my son, as you would kill my people if they were to come to you." <laughs> I'm crying. You would kill all my race if you had the power. You have made me sorrowful. My life dark. You killed the child of my heart. Why not kill the father? <laughs> you, mm. you may kill. This isn't. It's not over. Somebody, somebody wrote all this down in the 1800s when he was saying this. Just so you know, direct quote. Dedication. You may kill me, Sir Captain, but you shall not live in peace. I will follow in your footsteps. I will live. In your home, but be with the spirits among the rocks and the waterfalls and the rivers and the wind. Wherever you go, I will be with you. You will not see me, but you will fear the spirit of the old chief and grow cold. Direct quote. Wow. Direct yeah. quote. What a that sounds like a curse. It was. That is it a was curse. a straight yeah, up sure. curse on the land, you guys. Damn. And, ye- and years since that fateful day, Tanea Canyon has been plagued by all sorts yeah. of major freak accidents, strange deaths, mishaps, unexplained phenomenons, such as noises and shadowy apparitions. Y'all, it pops <gasps> off there. Not only are rock climbers, you know, dying, hikers, you know? So many crazy things. It's, it's become the the... The place called the the Bermuda Triangle of Yosemite. Oh, dang. So don't go there, you know? Don't go to there. Yeah. Even a legendary naturalist named John Muir was not immune to the curse. You know, he met his, his, near, fatal, his near fatal accident when exploring the canyon in 1873. And he later wrote in his book in 1918... About it. So go. Go read it. <laughs> so go. <laughs> I'm not so going to keep you guys here forever with quotes. I'm just saying. You know? So even though, like, y'all, like, the canyon's a dangerous spot, you know? And, it, like, it's it's noted. and There's disclaimers that say hiking into Naya Canyon is dangerous and strongly discouraged. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cursed. People That's do it why. anyway. It's cursed. And y'all are gonna have to bear with me real quick as I like change locations because my computer is about to die. So we're gonna move. Uh oh. We're moving. Moving on up. You guys don't even know. When you were when you were reading adventure. the uh the first quote or curse rather, it kept uh when every time they said captain i just thought of walt whitman's oh captain my captain <laughs> yeah i mean good times good stuff so yeah that's Tanea canyon but that's not the only haunted place y'all there's an awani hotel like after the native american tribe that's what they're named after and this place has all sorts of spooks it was open in 1927. It's a short distance from the Half Dome. But it was a big deal back in the day. It was like a large, luxurious hotel, like in the middle of like camping grounds. So, you know, people loved it. There was this woman named Mary Curry Tresadier. 
who like designed the hotel and ended up living in it until her death in 1970. And she's all over the place. She lingers on the sixth floor where her room was located. People frequently see her like doing pranks, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Our kind of girl. She's folding people's clothes. She's moving items around, you know, taking stuff out of rooms. She's calling out guests. You know, I don't know what she's saying to them, but she, that's something. She, and, and she's tucking visitors in at night. Good stuff, right? There's Great also stuff. a spirit in the hotel that is said to stay in this rocking chair. of the, And it was the rocking chair of the former President John F. Kennedy. In 1962, the, the man's back hurt and he needed... He needed, he needed his rocking chair in his room. So he they hooked it up real smooth. This was a great place. And apparently, somebody's been hanging out in this rocking chair, going back and forth. Maybe it's JFK. Who knows? Another place haunted in Yosemite, y'all, is the Sierra Sky Ranch Hotel. This has This hotel has a historical pedigree, you guys. And all sorts of ghosts. It was built in 1877, and it started as a sanitarium for for housing and quarantining victims of the t- tuberculosis, the TB. So it has to be haunted. There's no exactly, way around it. Exactly. Exactly. Mostly the people that lived there were, you know, dying, and a lot included children. But in the later years, it eventually became the home of veterans for the world for World War One, which is tight, right? And also spook. Um, let's see. The most common ghost is of phantom children. They run up and down the halls. They're giggling. They're laughing. They're whispering. They're talking to themselves. They're everywhere. They're most sighted in the media room and in the main living room area. And um, a lot of times they like to turn on the lights or the faucets or the appliances. So, like, watch out for that. Some guests feel their clothes being tugged, which is, like, inappropriate. But beware. And then, let's see, there's a woman in this ghost. And this ghost. There's a woman in this hotel that she has this strong perfume and she's said to be at the bar a lot and she likes to kiss bar visitors and bartenders on the cheek hey. though so it's real casual you know she's not smooch. coming in for a honker but <laughs> <laughs> small smooch yeah but there's also a sinister entity here it's a scowling angry looking man who likes to pace about the hotel veranda and he violently knocks over furniture why i don't know i don't know for what sir for what hello right another haunted place in yosemite yosemite's big you guys so i'm gonna i'm trying to keep it short but gross lake y'all this place is haunted It is said that in 1857, Galen Clark, who was one of the first park rangers of Yosemite, had an experience at Gross Lake. He was hiking around the lake, right? And all of a sudden, he heard this, like, cry. And he was like, it sounds like a whimpering dog, you know? But it sounds like the dog is in the middle of the lake, which, for me, I'd be panicked, you know, like, what the heck, hello? You know, I got to go swim out there, right? He found some Native Americans nearby and was like, what goes on? What's happening? Do you hear this cry? And they're like, oh, yeah, we know who that is. It was a tribal boy who tragically drowned out in the middle of the lake years ago. And no. every so often, if somebody's going by, he'll cry out. But don't go out there swimming for him, you guys. You know why? It's you go a trick. Looking, you go, yeah. You go looking for this boy. He's going to take you down under with him. He grabs the legs, the arms. You're down. You're done. You're dead. Right. That's gross. Like, so watch out. Another haunted location, Bridal Veil Fall. All right. 
Yeah, this one, the Awani tribe believed that an evil spirit called Pahono was there, and they were, and it was taking victims down, down the falls to the rocky bottoms to their demise. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, it says that like a lot of different things can happen here to make people fall over the ledge. You know, like a mist. There's a mist and you get confused in the mist. And then all of a sudden a, a, a fierce wind swipes you out and there you are. You're dead. You're at the bottom. Or there's a rainbow. Lucky charms. The rainbow. You're going to find the gold at the end. There you are at the bottom. The bottom of the falls. <laughs> or Just like a when person. You thought- there's a person out there and they're calling you. They're like, hey, come on, come on, come come see this. No. It's the falls. It's the drop. So, yeah, watch out for Pahono, that evil Damn. spirit. On top of that, on top of all of this, there has been so many disappearances in Yosemite, all around Yosemite. And a lot of people like to say that most of them are children or, like, elderly like pretty old, but I, but doing some research, I found that they really, they're all ages, you know, they'll be walking around, they'll be in groups of people all of a sudden turn around, they're gone, disappeared. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, be careful out there in Yosemite park, you guys. It's a wild, wild place. It does pop off. It does. I, I was originally going to just do Yellowstone, but I have a one short one. Okay. okay. And it's just because the story really resonated me with resonated with me because there's a real, a real legendary person in it. Okay. Mm -hmm. I knew nothing about this guy. And now I'm like, damn, he's pretty cool. All right. So this is Mammoth Cave. So the park was established on July 1st of 1941. It's in central Kentucky. And there are more than 150 documented paranormal events. Many of them were experienced by credible witnesses like park rangers and scientists. So, you know, it's legitimate when the scientists are coming out and are like, I saw that shit. So they're actually park rangers, Colleen O'Connor Olson and Charles Hanyan, and they have recorded many of the park's creepiest tales in their book, Scary Stories of Mammoth Cave. So if anyone wants to learn more than I can share today, it's supposed to be a real winner. So this guy, Dr. John Krogan, purchased the cave for $10,000 in 1839. So in today's money, that's a lot of bucks, if I had to guess. Bitcoin. That price also included several slaves. So among those slaves was a cave guide named Stephen Bishop, and he is my new hero. So the National Park Service website actually describes him as, quote, one of the greatest explorers Mammoth Cave has ever known. He discovered many of the cave's features, more than 20 miles of passages, and the blind albino fish that swims in the underground Echo River. So he's legendary. He's a legendary contributor of the park. He found so many of the things that you see there today, which is pretty cool. So he delighted people with his tours, but Dr. Krogan was like, what else can we do with this place? He decides that he's going to turn the cavern into a hospital, which sounds like a horrible idea. Who wants to recover in a gloomy ass cave? And it's not me, okay? So Dr. Krogan, though, he's telling himself that the cave's constant 54-degree temperature temperature can cure tuberculosis. Oh. So he builds 11 huts inside of the cavern, and they move 15 patients in. His consumption quality was a huge failure, Two patients died within the first year. All 15 of their cases got worse. And Dr. Krogan himself actually died from tuber- tuberculosis. Oh, no. Yeah. So 
the remains of these cabins can actually be seen while touring the cave. In front of the cabins, there's actually a slab of stone, though, where they would place the bodies of the dead TB patients before they were removed from the cave. And people call it corpse rock. Some say that you actually still hear coughing in that portion of the cave. Oh my gosh. Which is horrifying. Most definitely because caves echo and that mm-hmm. sound remains. Yeah. I wonder if it's like a residual haunting. Right. Would make sense. So in 1856, after a year after gaining his freedom, my friend Stephen Bishop passed away of an unknown cause. But it's believed that he and several other of the cave guides who are buried in the old guide cemetery are still there because. So they give these tours of the cave. They call it the Violet City Tour. And park rangers give visitors an idea of what it was like before the cave actually had light bulbs or flashlights. And they call this part of the program a blackout. So during a blackout, one ranger will turn off the lights and another ranger speaks to the tour group by the light of an oil lantern. During this time, a ton of guides and visitors have reported feeling strange, just like a a weird feeling all of a sudden. A lot of them have been shoved playfully though by an unseen force, or they've heard footsteps and turn around to see nobody there. They've even grabbed or touched in the darkness to feel like who could be behind them. And there's absolutely nobody there. During one blackout, this guide, Larry Purcell, he noticed that there was a black family standing behind the rest of the group. And he thought it was odd because he hadn't seen them when the tour group got together at the beginning of the day. So he noted that there was that the father of the family, he wore a white Panama hat and he was really watching intently as the other guy told the story. When they turned the lights back on, he looked for the family who was nowhere to be found, an entire family of ghosts. So this room that they were in is actually called the Methodist Church because miners used to hold religious services there. And during those days, if a black guide brought his family to those services, it was customary for them to stand back a distance from the rest of the group. So it makes sense that this group is standing away from the rest of the tour. On another occasion, two park guides were taking a group through what they called the chief city room. And a woman said, who is that up there on the rocks? And the guides looked to where she was pointing and they saw a man holding a lantern on top of this formation called Sacrifice Rock. And they said he was wearing a long sleeve shirt and old droop style hat that was worn by the slave guides back in the day. Um, Everyone saw it from different angles, but people started trying to explain it as like a trick of the light or shadows. But from what I've heard, I think they probably saw a guide up there. Mm-hmm. So it pops off at wow. Mammoth Cave. Yeah, but my guy, Stephen Bishop, what didn't he do for the Mammoth Cave is the real cue. Yeah, but how interesting. I've never heard of that before. I definitely want to check that out. An old cave that was a hospital. Yeah. Like, amazing. Uh, the old TB unit. Yeah. I know. Crazy. Be spooktacular. Wow. National parks, you guys. I'm saying. (laughs) It sounds like you guys have a lot to go visit, though, since you haven't been to Yellowstone. Nor the Yosemites. I gotta check it out. I've got to check it out. There's places to go and things to see and much to do. Much, much to do. Well, that was fun, my friends. We loved it. We lived, we laughed, we loved. We lived, we laughed, and we spooked. I love it. I love it. All right, friends. Until next time. Stay (laughs) spooky. Okay. Bye.